Hello and welcome to Venus and Chiron. I'm Brianne, and in today's episode, I have the lovely Shivani with me. If you've been listening to this podcast before, you might have heard an earlier episode I did with Shivani where we talked about all the ways that we meditate together because we go on these really epic meditation journeys together. So definitely Mm -hmm. check that out. But a little bit about Shivani. She is a parent therapist and a Bali X dance instructor. And she's also a lifelong or a long time and lifelong friend. <laughs> lifelong. Multiple lifetimes. Multiple lifetimes. <laughs> um, friend of mine. And she's just such a beautiful human. I love Aww. talking to you and I love hanging out with you and I love. Oh, my light just flashed. That was weird. Um, <laughs> that was <laughs> and, and I just, I love psychoanalyzing the world with you. She's a Gemini, Ooh. very air like me. So we have a similar style of kind of like moving through concepts and ideas. And yeah, it's just always such a pleasure to have you here mm. and spend time with you. So I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks, today. girl. Yeah. Is there anything it's else? It's so you nice to, to be here always. You? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> I like how you worded that, psychoanalyzing the world and ourselves. <laughs> I feel like we do that a lot. <laughs> Maybe too much, but you know. A little too much, but it's okay. It's a it's a lot of learning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or just sit here and wonder, like, okay, so why did I think that way? Why did that just happen? We need to figure it out, you yeah. know? <laughs> and then I think the majority of our hangouts now are, like, us being like, no, we need to stop. We need to stop trying yeah. to figure things out. Yeah. yeah. Now it's, like, more world. Like, we're humaning. We call that humaning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's this concept. It's called humaning. <laughs> it's where you're not it constantly a interesting. around in the astral realms. <laughs> <laughs> you we're just walking around like metro that. town and we're super happy we're walking around metro town <laughs> we're like oh my gosh look at us we're at a mall well we did it we went to a mall together that's true that was that was intense and then and then yeah because malls are intense truly i really malls are a lot so i was really glad to be if, in if that. you want to yeah and yeah then when you when well, when you left, I, I had to be out of my house. There was, like, a bug infestation, so I was, like, had nowhere to go. So I went and sat on a bench and wrote a poem about the universe, so. <laughs> and you got a flower at the train station. Someone gave me a flower at the train station. Yeah, that was a magical day. I liked that. That day. is magical. Yeah. yeah I like that. Uh, yeah. Um, there's a couple things we so... want to talk about today. First of all, we want to talk a little bit about... Um, the saga of the corn maze because <laughs> we have a magical adventure with the corn maze and then we also kind of mm-hmm. want to talk about humaning I think like Shivani mm-hmm. when we were recording had said um I guess a quote or whatever about how does it go with the dishes it's like something like this before awakening or before enlightenment still dishes to do or I think the thing is there's still laundry or something like that and then after enlightenment there's still dishes to do or like something mundane like that totally like it's like this idea of like enlightenment and like going to these higher states of consciousness and I feel like there's such a divinity there and such magic and such profoundness and Mm -hmm. you come back to your body and you come back to your human experience you still have to do your dishes you still have to make your bed you still have to have a shower 
even with these like intense, profound experiences. And it's interesting because when you can find that union and that balance, I think that's when doing the dishes becomes profound in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you and I could probably <laughs> make could it talk for so an hour about deep. how profound it is to do the dishes. <laughs> We really could. We could look, wow, here our arms, are with the hands, they're just subconsciously doing everything and we just know what to do and look, wow, it's a is clean it plate, but is it bad? Our ancestors. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> we could have a four hour podcast about doing the dishes. <laughs> but we won't. <laughs> we won't. <laughs> I promise. That's not no, what we won't. <laughs> No, no. I like the two things you spoke about, like um, humaning and then the, oh yeah, the corn maze. Let's talk about the corn Let's maze. Let's start with that. That's a great intro. So what have you been giving glimpses of about the corn maze? I don't remember. I know I've spoken about this corn maze <laughs> randomly on this <laughs> podcast because I just talk a lot. And um, <laughs> I think I probably told the story of how, but I'll just tell it kind of again quickly um, mm-hmm. for those of you who didn't listen to whatever other episode I talked about it <laughs> but um, basically Shivani and I wanted to go to this corn maze and because we were trying to be more 3D and like every time we hang out we just like we literally just end up meditating and going into these other realms and it's super mm-hmm. cool and interesting but we're like okay we need to ground we need to be more 3D let's go do an external thing let's go to a corn maze so um, we got in your car and we're mm-hmm. heading to this corn maze and I see a beetle and <laughs> this beetle has, it's previously been like a bad omen to me. Now I don't see it as a bad omen. I see it more as like a, mm-hmm. um, kind of like a, Hey, change your course. Kind of like yeah, a heads up. Yeah, exactly. Like usually it it comes when I need to change my perspective. I need to flip kind of that hanged man energy and tarot, like kind of flip my perspective of something or shift my direction. And so there's this beetle, this specific beetle crawling in Shivani's car. And I look at it. I'm like, oh, frick. Like, oh, no. What is this? Like, what is this beetle here for? And I was like, Shivani, there's this beetle. Like, so and we're squeamish and i didn't want to just stick it out the window so we pull and i'm not going to kill it either so we pull over and like get it out of the car and then we keep on driving and minutes later your car starts to shake and the check engine light is flashing and Mm -hmm. it gets worse and worse and we have to pull over Mm -hmm. and then we meditated (laughs) we meditated I have to say that part. (laughs) Anytime I say this story, I'm I'm like, wait, this is the best part. We were on the side of the street on the highway. And and Brienne led us through this meditation and it helped. (laughs) Of course it helped. (laughs) It grounded us because I had all these stories in my head. Oh my God, oh my God. And I was like, did we put this corn maze on a pedestal? (laughs) (laughs) Way too much. (laughs) We did. (laughs) That's why you can't go? Yeah. All of this all yeah. of this nonsense in my head, but whatever. Yeah, and then so we decided to turn back, and we the car was like shaking the whole way back, and the engine light was flashing, and we were, it was like a spiritual journey the whole way back. We it really was. <laughs> we were like, oh my god, okay, let's just. Oh, it was like a sauna in the car because Brienne knew a hack. Or, or <laughs> right. So I, I mean, I think this is true, but this is what I've done in the past. Um, like when the engine's overheating, you turn the heat 
on and like blast it in your car because it pulls heat away from the engine. So yeah, <laughs> and I was like, Brianne, do, I, I don't think, think this is better. Right. You help me. <laughs> I know, but we googled it. So Google said we shall be okay. So yeah. you know, trust Google, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then we had we put music on shuffle and we had like these songs yeah, come on oh that were insane God. like it was just like exactly what, what we needed to hear and it was just bringing us all these messages of course we were reading into yeah. it and we were like looking for the message but, like but... i know the thing is like the sentence it was like the higher you go the shakier it gets or something and yeah. i was so shaky and we were like what the hell that is so true i want to look up the lyrics to that song again it was there's this one particular song Oh, my love, I think it was called. I think that sounds about right. Safe and sound is all you'll ever know, right? Because we were freaking out. (laughs) And it was like, safe and sound is all you'll ever know. Shake the ground the higher that we go. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes, Oh, my love? Yeah. Anyways. um, (laughs) Yeah, anyways. (laughs) And then we came back. We came to my place. And... What did we do? We just started meditating and we went, we did the maze. We, <laughs> we channeled light and then we, yeah. no, that was after, no, that was before. No, it was before. Was before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We channeled we light. The maze. Yeah, because we went on this whole journey where we like saw each other across lifetimes and like did this whole thing. Yeah. That, <laughs> just a normal Friday night, you know? Well, you know? <laughs> and then, and then we both ended up in the maze and we <laughs> Yeah, I know. I was like, whoa, Brienne, it's the maze. And you're like, wait, we're at the maze. And we just went through the maze. And it was really, really fun. And it was really It was fun. And we're like, whatever, maybe this was what was meant to happen. And we just kind of let it go, kind of, obviously. Yeah. Because here we are talking about it again. But then, (laughs) then, a couple weeks later, or more, I don't know, we ended up getting a redemption round of the corn maze and Shabani was planning to go to this corn maze with with some of her friends and she asked if I wanted to come along and in my head I'm like okay if this corn maze thing falls through this is like me I'm cursed I'm not meant to go to corn mazes because the year before I tried to go to a corn maze too and my sister I had gone I was gonna go with my sister and for whatever reason she just wore like a really nice outfit to the corn maze and it's like no we're gonna be trekking through mud you should have worn your gumboots and when we got there it was so muddy and she's just like oh no like I'm not gonna go I don't want to ruin my shoes but you can go and I was like well no like (laughs) that's dumb let's just like go home um Mm -hmm. And then I never got to do the corn maze. And then this year, I was like, yeah, yeah, I want to do this corn maze. And then that happened when we went, tried to go. So I was like, okay, <laughs> this is the third time. If something happens, I I swear I'll stop trying to go to corn mazes. But, yeah, so why don't you take yeah, us? Yeah, we did it. Um, yeah, we did it. <laughs> Hello. So it was fun. We, we did the corn maze. It, we succeeded. We had a blast. Um, I feel like there's no – we don't really need to go into the story of that. But no, we don't. <laughs> when we were there, mm-hmm. I don't remember what happened, but Shivani was, like, telling some of her friends about, like, some of the woo or the woo qualities that I possess. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling you how magical you are <laughs> and all the cool things you do. <laughs> and a couple of her friends were interested, and so we were just having, like, a conversation about these things. And one of her friends asked if I would do, like, a mediumship reading for her for in regards to like a deceased loved one and I'd kind of taken a pause from that for a minute 
And so I was, I wasn't sure, but I had also recently come back from an ayahuasca journey where ayahuasca told me to, that anytime someone presented to me asking for me to like, you know, offer them services, Mm -hmm. I should receive that. Um, Mm -hmm. so I heard ayahuasca's voice when she was asking me to do mediumship for her. And I said, yeah, sure. And we kind of decided to do it where, um, with Shivani present and it would be the three of Mm -hmm. us. So we planned to do it at Shivani's house. I think the next Mm -hmm. week or whatever. Yeah, it was pretty close. It was a week. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah, we got together and how did that day go? We went on a walk and then we came home, had some pasta. We did some very human things. And then we <laughs> talked about our, our, your ayahuasca trip. We danced. Oh, yeah. It was a whole journey. And then it was like perfect. We had a really magical reading, which Brianna and I are still processing. It's <laughs> probably a podcast for later. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it was very, it was very good. It, like that was the magical reason or like, you know, that like spirit sees all and mm-hmm. why it happened. Yeah, it was really interesting because what happened, there was like a a spiritual awakening experience that we witnessed that yes. day. And Big time. it was really profound and really beautiful and all our guides were present and it was really intense. Um, but it felt really, it felt like really aligned, I would say. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Like it felt. Kind I would of say like, so too. It it felt like it all kind of was meant to happen, and I remember at, after it all, Shivani and I were like, "This is why we couldn't go to the corn maze that day because I was supposed to yeah. meet this friend, and we were supposed to have this experience, the three of us." Yeah. And had we gone to the corn maze, just the two of us that one time. Yeah. Like it never would have happened. You would have never met them as well, and that experience wouldn't have happened. And we like all. Five, four of us. Remember Yarrow City? Like we literally entered <laughs> Yarrow Town. <laughs> we took a turn somewhere when we were driving because it's like out of the city, and we ended up in this neighborhood that was just like I don't know what it was, but everything it was like Yarrow Street, the Yarrow yeah. Church, the Yarrow Gas Station, the Yarrow. It was Park. like first we like, entered it, and I was like, Brianna, it's Yarrow Yarrow Church, and you were like, whoa, and we were all like, oh wow, we talked about Yarrow when I was introducing Brianna to my friends. Because Yarrow's and like then, my number one plant ally, which I think anyone listening to this podcast already it's knows your, that, but. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, Brianna, it's Yarrow Convenience Store, wait, it's Yarrow Pizza, and then it said, welcome to Yarrow. <laughs> yeah, that was so cool, I was like, wow, I didn't know like, this place existed, so that was really magical, that was a good omen, for sure, <laughs> much better. That was really nice. Know. It's like you're on track. <laughs> yeah, the beetle was not bad. It was more so like a hey, like if something goes not as planned today, don't worry. Yeah, something like, like something like that. Change your course. Go home. Yeah. Don't don't keep so, going. Like, to <laughs> exactly, because like even if it happens, let's say again, because okay, Brianna, I haven't said this, but actually on my ferry back that weekend, I saw the same beetle in the car. <laughs> oh my gosh! And, then, and I think it vanished in front of my eyes. It did not kill it. <laughs> Wow. But it did show up, but but I kind of just like for myself and my own sanity for that day made it mean nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, it's just a beetle. You you just exist, right? Because I don't have a history with it. You do. I don't have this complicated relationship with this beetle. <laughs> I do. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't want to psych myself out as well. I was like, I don't know what this means, right? So I just kind of just I was like, okay, hi beetle, just you know, nice to see ya. Yep, yep. And then I moved on. 
Good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I appreciate that beetle. I don't, it's a, no it's a good beetle. It's, it's harmless. Beetle. Yeah. <laughs> just a yeah. messenger. It's just, I like that. It's a messenger. Yeah, but I really like that corn maze story because I feel like it's kind of speaking to, there's a lot of times when things happen that we just, um, and this isn't me trying to like spiritually bypass or to like sugarcoat like Mm. challenging experiences. And I think the corn maze story is a good one because it's not like Mm -hmm. some big traumatic experience. It's just like little random life things that happen that then end Mm -hmm. up unlocking other cool life things. So it's almost mm-hmm. like the fact that something didn't work out ends up being the reason why something else does. And I mm-hmm. feel like when we're in our day-to-day life and when we're not so connected to like our higher self, it can be easy to fall into like feelings of frustration and annoyance and disappointment and like dissatisfaction and things like that mm-hmm. when things don't go our way. Mm-hmm. But when you can tap back into that higher knowing and know that everything is magical and like there's no coincidences then it can kind of come to these things with more curiosity of okay interesting I guess that wasn't meant to be so let's see what opens up for me now like being open to receiving what that loss is bringing you yeah yeah it's very it's cool because like we can apply everything we learn in books and spiritual you know, teachings in, in our day-to-day experiences. Yeah. Like with my car dying, like my battery died and I gave my, my neighbor helped me jump the car. Yeah. Right. We gave the neighbor a chance to almost like show like, Hey, to help, right. To offer service or whatever for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. But then at the gas station, it died again. And then I asked this dad and he was like with his little son in the car. And mm-hmm. I could see the look that the son gave his dad, like a hero. Like, that's my dad, oh, you know, yeah. it was it was a very beautiful moment. Like his dad was like helping us and he, me and my brother were kind of like, okay, I think this cable goes here. But I was looking at that son the whole time and he just had this look of awe in his face. And I wonder if, you know, we all just kind of matched to that yeah, experience. To make we that were. beautiful little story. Yeah, because when yeah. you think about like, a human we're just like all of these little stories weaved together and how we choose to tell those stories kind of is part of what makes us who we are and okay I'm getting a weird visual but you know those like um I feel like they're like pillows or backpacks or whatever but it's like sequins and when you swipe it Mm. one way it's like one color or one shape and then when you swipe it the other way it's like another yeah, I'm getting the visual of that because, like, I think we can do this a lot with our childhood and with experiences in our day to day life, where we, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can look back on something with only one perspective. But there's mm-hmm. also, and I think a lot of times for me and my personal experience, I'll speak to that. I think it can be looking at things just through the lens of like, oh, that was painful and that was bad. And then, Mm -hmm. but I can look back and consciously choose to look at those experiences from the lens of like, oh, wow, that was divine. Yeah. And I think it's important to know that they, they're both there. Like, it's not like, it's not like saying that like one is right and the other isn't. I think if we're also always wearing those rose colored glasses, that can be, that's not Mm -hmm. authentic necessarily. Right. So it's like allowing Mm -hmm. both to exist, but also being aware that both exist amazing because yes battery dying twice is annoying as heck like yes, yes. But, at the, but at the same time I feel like that 
charge was not as strong because I was like, you know what? My brother and I got to spend some time together. We connected mm-hmm. together. We were both actually talking two days ago about, hey, there should be some like gen- general life car management courses or something like mm-hmm. he wants to learn how to jump a car. We just talked about this three days ago. Yeah. And then this experience comes up to literally force us to learn how to jump a car. <laughs> and, you know, like here we are it's perfect. <laughs> doing the things. Yeah. And is it annoying? Yes, it is. And at the same time, it's it's like, but this is what we're here to do, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's fine. As long how as it doesn't happen again. And there's not a, yeah. so I don't want a big expense for sure, but like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, Fuck. yeah, it's like, just deal with the resistance as it comes up, you know? And then now I'm like, I don't, I'm not so attached to that story anymore. Yeah. I'm not so attached to us not making it to the corn maze that first time mm-hmm. anymore. It's fine. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so true. Oh man. I love that. Yeah. That's so funny. You can almost look at the corn maze thing too, for like my sister and I not going. It's like, if right. I'd gone that year, I might not have had the desire to go this year. That, oh my gosh, that is true. That's true. You it's really always like everything like, connect dots anywhere we go, but <laughs> I love connecting dots. We both love connecting dots. <laughs> it's a personality need. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so why did this moment happen the way it is? But it's true though. Like everyone is existing simultaneously yeah. in multiple different timelines. Yeah. It's so cool if you think about it, you know? That's true. Yeah, I was talking to one of my roommates the other day about, yeah, like existing in multiple timelines and this idea of like, um, because we'd both had like near-death experiences and it's this idea of like, right, there's a version of me that died here, there's a version of me that died here, there's a version of me that died here. Mm. And it's like constantly realigning yourself with the timeline that is most in alignment with what, however you want to exist. Mm-hmm. Not to say, you know, that I think that's something to <laughs> be careful about speaking about because obviously I think there are a lot of tragic deaths and things that happen that are just so grand and uncomprehensible and unfair and devastating. And I don't want it to be like, oh, totally. well, I just hopped timelines. Then like, <laughs> you know what I exactly, mean? Like, I don't know every like, individual experience. It's like, everything is true and everything yeah. isn't true. Everything yeah. infinite, right? So it's like, I'm not trying to sweep one lens over every experience. Exactly. And also like, we don't, we don't know what the truth is. Like, yeah. what is going on? We we genuinely don't know. Yeah. Because <laughs> what if we think we can create our life, but what if even that is, like, predetermined by, like, our higher self? Or, like, <laughs> yeah. And, we have predetermined that self? we're going to think. Even know. <laughs> yeah. Like, even what you're going to think is, like, predetermined, you know? Like, I... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, so it would make sense, this, like, right? I don't like... know. <laughs> Damn. Uh, I think that's where you get in those loops, those, like, thought loops just spiraling that's Exactly. Down. You can't even go there because, like, you, you just don't know. It's like, I have no <laughs> idea. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember taking a philosophy course in university and I actually loved that course. I had so much fun in it. But the readings were so fascinating and funny to me because it was just these old philosophers theorizing about consciousness and it was super interesting to read about and I think yeah I really liked it but it was funny because it was like you just go in circles you just go in circles. that's why 
that's why these big questions exist that nobody really has the answer to because they're so complex and so simple at the exact same time our minds just cannot compute it it's not something Mm -hmm. that you know i think it's something that's more felt or known in the body these kind of truths Mm -hmm. you know than something Mm -hmm. that is like cognitively communicated Mm -hmm. through language (laughs) whoa (laughs) we're going there this stuff is so deep it's like we're so used to thinking something is out there like out there you know what i mean yeah like as a child you're like oh once this happens then this happens then it is true to some extent it totally is but also the truth is literally everything is happening right now there's multiple things happening right now i don't know why i started talking about that no i love that (laughs) it reminds me of like the concept of string theory and like which I'm not that well versed in, but like when you think about dimensions and how you have like the first dimension, which is just like the x axis and it's just the dot, mm-hmm. and then you have this the second dimension, which is that x and that y, so now it you can have like lines, and then you have mm-hmm. three dimensional realm where now you can have like the x, y, and z, so now you can have like these shapes and things like that, and then the fourth mm-hmm. dimension is where you take that and you put that in time. So now things are going mm-hmm. through time. And then I think the fifth dimension is where you're outside of time. So all of time is happening at once. I may be getting this wrong, but um, like it's funny because I think something that <laughs> like something that happens or that you see in movies or whatever when someone is seeing like a flash of their life is it's like that movie mm-hmm. reel going across mm-hmm. the screen of like time, but in in the higher dimensions of consciousness we're outside of time so mm-hmm. everything that ever happened in time is happening immediately mm-hmm. which is such a trick it is about. it is it really is because we're technically choosing to agree in this reality that we're in in this 3 3d world we're agreeing that we are in relationship with time and we are we watch ourselves age and things like that but it's yeah. so bizarre to think that the fact that that's even happening is yeah. that, that in and of itself is a belief that we're buying into, which is a trip. <laughs> I read like a it is. Tom Robinson book once. Have you? I think it's Tom Robinson or is it Tom Robbins? Have you ever I heard know, of him? I don't even know if I've heard of that. He's a really great author. I highly, highly recommend. And okay. um, he writes like fictional stories, but he writes about them okay. this really like kind of woo perspective, like... Um, oh, nice. <laughs> there's this one, I think it's called Jitterbug Perfume, I think is the one that I'm thinking of. And basically, he's just following all these different people's lives. But there's these people that are like trying to, and it might not be Jitterbug Perfume, but I'll just tell the this, this story anyways. So basically, there's these people that are trying to um, like not age. And mm. they're finding out, like they're finding all the clues to figure out how to not age. And they end up figuring it out and it goes mm. into it in the book in all of these magical and fascinating ways. And interesting. it's just an interesting concept of like coming outside of the belief that time is linear so that you can live in a reality where time is linear, but time is not linear for you. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know. <laughs> my brain i know it's such a trip but i love it's just funny to like think about it's interesting 
But people do do that if you think about it. Like, you know, you see someone who's like 70 and they don't look 70. Yeah. 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 Totally. And you're like, wait, you're 70? What? Well, it's funny because I think like the weights of a lot of our beliefs are what kills us, right? Because it's stress that kills our bodies. And of course, our cells are programmed to degenerate after a certain amount of time. But I think that... I think even that can be shifted with belief. Like when you look at Wim Hof and some of the things that he does, like mm-hmm. being able to shift your internal body temperature just through like breath and intention and things like that. It's like being yeah. able to shift these automatic functions manually, you know? And I don't really, yeah. you know, I'm not overly invested. I feel like I enjoy aging and I've been enjoying the experience of that. So I'm not like trying to find the solution to like living forever or whatever. But it's interesting to allow that to be a possibility and to just be like, hmm. It interesting. is. Because when like, I go play into with these it. spaces and when you go into these spaces with us, with me, like we're going outside of time. And yeah, it's so fascinating and so infinite and there's so many beings there and we are there on some level and so Mm -hmm. yeah imagine if you could embody that version of yourself here Mm -hmm. and it is it's like there is that 40 year old version of us that exists right now Mm -hmm. it's not far Mm -hmm. away it's literally right here but yeah it's so trippy the more you think about it i know (laughs) but then it's also like me yeah Sorry, go ahead. Did you? Are you no, first? that's it. It's okay. like that's also me. That's that's a me that exists, and yeah. there's a me here now. Totally. And then there's the younger you too, and it's like all within there us. Is. And like we can access it at any point. Like I remember working yeah. with my mentor Abigail Moss, and she had guided me and Jessica through various meditations where we saw ourselves across time and space and Mm. it was so interesting to see all of those me's and to um experience them also being within me and I think about it too I have a friend and when we were 12 we made a time capsule and every year I've been writing a letter to my 32 year old self because you're going to open it in 20 years and it's coming up around oh my the corner gosh. now and I'm super excited to read all these letters I'm sure it'll be really interesting but it's interesting every time I've sat down to write that letter to myself it's always so fascinating because I know that I live within her and I know mm. that when she reads the letter she'll be able to feel and experience me again Mm. because I never left and I've always been here just like I can almost like last time I wrote the letter was oh almost a year ago so I'm due um (laughs) but when I was writing it I was really um open to all of these spiritual realms and when I was writing the letter I could feel her and I could feel Mm. that she was going through something really intense and I was like writing to her like writing what I knew she needed to hear for what she was going through at that time. And it was really fascinating. And I'm very curious to see how that's going to play out in 32. But it's also coming back to that hum- humanness, right? Like, yeah, we can, I mean, if we really, really, really wanted to, we really wanted to, we could probably embody all those pieces of ourselves all the time and be outside of time and space in some sort of magnificent way. Yeah. But I feel for my soul that I came here to be a human and I came here to have a human experience. And so doing that doesn't feel authentic to me because it feel it kind of feels like 
trying to like skip out on being a human, but I feel like I came here <laughs> to have the experience mm-hmm. of all of the trials and tribulations of having a body and of aging and of getting sick and of getting healthy again and just like flowing through life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I think that's that open, just like a curious mindset. Like, hmm, what is this experience all about? Yeah. And knowing like, Hey, I can't come out of it. Right. It's not permanent. It does. Mm -hmm. It does end. And you and we do come out better, but and and it's because you want to, right? That's how we can get better. Like a drug addict with a horrible substance abuse issue would want to get out of it to get up. Yeah, yeah. No one's and gonna. So like, if when I'm when I'm unwell, I want to get out of it, right? That's why I do get out of it. Totally. For it's now, that, that <laughs> yeah. free will, like making the choice, like the choice has to be there for the situation to. Yeah. And anybody that you know, it's like. I feel like I say this all the time, but you can take a horse to water. You can't make it drink. It's like, yeah, absolutely. You have to want it and you have to genuinely desire it. And I think that's where a lot of people can get stuck sometimes is thinking that they want something, but they don't actually want it. And the thing isn't coming true. Mm. They don't know why, but it's kind of like, it's because they don't really want it that bad. Like that happened to me with environmental science. I did a degree in environmental Mm -hmm. science and I was looking for a job after university and I just had all these blocks coming up because (laughs) I didn't really want the job that I was eligible for. I wanted a job that I had not yet invented yet, but that (laughs) I knew I wanted to invent. There you go. Here we are. Hello. <laughs> All <is> yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Figured it out. But it's interesting because I wanted to want to do the job in my degree mm. so bad because one, I invested so much into this degree program and two, I saw it as my opportunity to like break the cycle of poverty and financial instability in my family lineage like I saw it as an opportunity to bring more abundance however it would have like it just I could also feel the way it would like deaden my soul and I couldn't unfeel that and so I just kept Mm. blocking it for myself until I finally allowed myself to surrender and let go of that so-called want and let myself Mm -hmm. want what I more deeply desired yeah that wanting to want right you should question that I would say like to listeners like (laughs) Are you trying to like something? You should question that. And sometimes we can get past it because it is a genuine resistance. It's like whatever. But but totally. I think people's hearts know. Like you, you exactly. know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's why I, I grappled with it for so long with the degree thing was like I was like, oh, is this just me doubting myself? Is this just me, you know, not standing in my power? Like, what's the reason? Like, what's the root of me not following through with this? And the root of mm-hmm. me not falling through with it ended up being that I didn't want to do it. And when I gave myself permission yeah. to not want that, then everything opened up. But yeah, you first have to, there's a lot of, it can be tricky to like find your way can through be. that and figure out what the root is. Exactly. It's like some days, like if I'm like, I don't want to go for a walk, right? It's like, <laughs> I'm wanting to want to go for a walk, <laughs> but it's, I'm just being lazy. But then once I'm like out the door and sometimes it's okay if you don't want to, like, who cares? It's totally, fine. Totally. Um, but like what, five minutes into the walk, I'm like, okay, I'm fine now. Or maybe there are days where I'm like, 
no, it's like, I don't know, day one of my period and I really just don't want to move, right? Then that's yeah. a genuine okay reason. Like, Absolutely. you don't want to have to want to go for a walk. <laughs> yeah, and that it's idea fine. too of like sometimes you think you don't want to do something, but your soul mm-hmm. or your heart does want to do that thing. I don't know. And I think with like, you know, you don't always have to be in alignment with your desires at all <laughs> times. It's okay, you know, like sometimes I'll like want... It's like my soul wants to me to cook a home-cooked meal, but I am too lazy and I don't want to. Like, my ego mm-hmm. self. And then if I follow through and I make that home-cooked meal, I usually feel a million times better. And I'm like, yes, this is great. But if I don't follow through and I eat shitty food instead, I feel like shit. But I'm also, like, okay with that. I'm like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay mm-hmm. for me to not work up the energy to follow through with these things all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Human. Yeah, and and it's cuz you I feel like we trust ourselves enough to know that this is not going to be an everyday cuz like there's that fine line, you know? Mm-hmm. I know if I'm sedentary for a really long time, like if it's weeks on end and I'm just like not now I'm not physically feeling okay mm-hmm. and there's a point where I'm not even okay with that, right? Yeah. Like you have to yeah. prioritize it and like value it. Which is a good reminder yeah. for me. I feel like I haven't been exercising as much as I usually like to because I've been like I don't want to, I don't want to run in the rain. Right. I don't want, <laughs> but I know how amazing it would feel if I did it. So yeah, that's a great reminder for me. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things, like I haven't done like hardcore exercising in a while either, but what, get, like what, I'm like, you know what? I went for a walk today or mm-hmm. I danced for a bit today. That's fine. I'm not lifting weights or whatever. Yeah. It's been a while, right? It's yeah. like, it's okay. Like as long as you're moving somehow and feeling all right and, and that feeling all right is different for everybody. Totally. So true. Ugh, I love that. That's all humaning. We just talked about humaning. <laughs> we did. We just talked all about humaning and being a human. I'm curious about this. This is random. I find your work to be very interesting. And I'm curious about your experiences. Like when you're dealing with parents, because I imagine being a parent, especially if you have unprocessed shit, Mm-hmm. it's hard to be present and to be in all of those human mm-hmm. moments. Do you find that you are often helping to coach people into that humanness or does that not really come up for you? Man, I, I wish we did. Yeah. We don't do as much of it. Yeah. A lot of is focused on the tools to, and it's fine to get the doors open for parents to be open to the concept of like coaching or counseling mm-hmm. or therapy, mm-hmm. right? Cause there is a lot of stigma around it. Yeah. But I think this program, what it does is like helps to open the doors for parents to just question a little bit. It's like, why did I jump to conclusions? Like, for example, what I can think of off the top of my head, you remember that horrible heat wave we had last yeah. year Yeah. in the summer or it was, Oh my God, it was this year. <laughs> What's time? Yeah. It was this year. Yeah. So parents, generally speaking, right, if their child is a little cranky, they would get really mad at the child, like, why are you cranky? But during the wee heat wave, we actually had parents that were way more chill and understanding because they're like, oh, it's the heat wave. That's why. But it's yeah. the same reasons, even outside of the heat wave, they might be hungry, tired, or maybe they don't want, they don't want to go to that daycare, not because they might say they're tired and the parent has a fit about it, which, you know, it's okay. Yeah. But also maybe there's like a child they don't like or the teacher who they just don't like, or like, there's a reason behind that. Right. Yeah. But the heat wave, like it's, it's like, yeah, just question why you're triggered a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes it is our own stories and, and yeah. I like that. There's just so many layers to it. 
Dude, there's so many layers and layers and layers and layers. And it's true. It's like, I mean, that's the interesting thing. I haven't had much interaction with children um, in my life, really, to be honest. But it's interesting to reflect on a child's mind and how the child's mind works and like that stage mm-hmm. where you haven't figured out how to process your emotions yet and your parents mm-hmm. are really the example to you of how to navigate your physical spiritual and emotional world and yeah. wow what a responsibility and what a challenging experience because obviously anybody on earth at all ever knows that it's challenging to navigate your own spiritual emotional and physical world <laughs> Yeah, and I would say just validate the child, like, just like you would do another human, like, yes, that child is angry. And sometimes, yes, you can be like, oh, my God, why are you freaking out about not having blue Tupperware? (laughs) Like, but for the child, it's a very real experience, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I wanted blue. It's like, I know you wanted blue, and I know it's annoying. It's not blue. It's really Mm. annoying. (laughs) I get it. And it's just going to automatically dissipate it. Like, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> True. Like, if you validate someone's experience and you just, like, give them the space to have whatever emotion they're having or whatever response mm-hmm. they need to have to a situation. Mm-hmm. Instead of forcing them to, like, shovel it down or shove it down into them and not be allowed. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Holding space. Holding space. Yeah. Like, there's this child who you know, had a, you know, sometimes let's say a parent is really upset that their child is not going to daycare and or like pickups or drop offs are really hard. And there's many reasons why. Yeah. But you know, one time I was like, hey, let's just try like, in that moment, bend down, put your hand on your child's shoulder. I know this is hard for you. Let's talk about what, what when we're home. I, I know this is hard for you instead of come on, chop, chop, just go to the daycare already. And I'll pick you up. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they try it. And it helps to just feel connected, like just make it more real, just like you would do to another human. Right. Absolutely. Like, Ugh, I love that because it, like, I, like, I, I, when you were saying that, I was like imagining that being done to child me out, and I was like, wow, that would have helped so much. Like, that would have just totally. It's like, okay, you see me. You just need to know that you're mm-hmm. safe and that you're protected. I feel like I used to be a dog sitter, and I used to dog sit all the time and live out of people's houses and just take care of their pets, and. I've always been like a bit of an animal whisperer, and I've always been able to speak to animals. And to speak their language. And I I feel like it was always a similar thing to that. Like, usually when, you know, they've just met me and their parents are gone and I'm here taking care of them, I'm not just going to, like, they can be standoffish or uncomfortable. And I don't just Mm -hmm. be like, why are you, you know, I don't try and cuddle them or do whatever because you're Mm -hmm. a dog and I want to play with you. Why are you being this way? Like, Mm -hmm. Like, I will literally have a conversation with them about... I'll just sob and I'll sit down and I'll make sure I'm not too close to them so they don't feel threatened and I might not look at them if I can tell that they're really anxious and I'll just kind of explain to them how, you know, mom and dad went on vacation and they're going to be coming back later but in the meantime, I'm here to hang out with you and um, blah, 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 we're going to do this and that and whatever and it's so funny because I'm speaking it all in English but I'm also speaking it with my energy and my body and I'm mm-hmm. consciously choosing to project my words out through energy and mm-hmm. the dogs, like, it's so mm-hmm. funny like, I have one experience with Bella who I used to dog sit all the time and the first time I dog sat her she was in the garage and she was hiding under this, like, shelf and she was, like, snarling at me and I couldn't get her to come in the house and I sat down and I just, like, chatted with her and I watched this, like, 
you know, she put her teeth away and she kind of mm. like looks really, really sad. And then she mm. wiggles over to me and then she like receives me petting her and giving her love and then we snuggle for a bit and then she comes into the house and she lets me feed her and like we you know me and that dog built this incredible relationship over the years after from that point on but it was like yeah it's like every living being needs that (laughs) yeah people deep down like we just want connection. And you know what? Yes, there are people who, like, they literally have a small amygdala and they just don't <laughs> want connection. Like, sure. <laughs> it, it happens, right? Like, phys- physiologically speaking. Mm-hmm. But majority of us as humans or living beings in general, you know, connection and, and being seen and, and being loved. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And everyone's so unique. Like, my bird is a is a very unique bird. Yes. He's still a love bird. <laughs> but he is so new, right? Yeah, <laughs> totally. It's not just an animal. It's not just a bird, just like with dogs. Like yeah. dog owners, they're like you would know, right? They have different mm-hmm. personalities, just like plants. Yeah. I, can, I imagine. I remember you know? having and I wonder if you used to get this when you had two love birds, but I remember with my dogs, like people would, I had two Irish wolfhounds and they looked similar, but people would be like, how do you tell them apart? They're so, you know, they look the same. And it was so funny to me because it's like, well, how would I not? Of course I can tell them apart. They're completely different beings, but it is just like, it's just getting to know the layers and the depths of someone and Mm -hmm. plant the plant world's like that too. I think it's like, there's like yarrow as as a species and the energetic of yarrow as a species, just like there's the energetic of like a crow as a species or lovebird as a species. Right. Right. Or humans as a species. Exactly. Exactly. I get it now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the energetic of this one yarrow plant that I have been caring for, for years, you know, and that I've sat with over morning coffee or, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, like tea. Exactly. Exactly. Like coffee. You got, Oh, that's, And just like, just like you know, you have your individual relationships with individual humans, and you have your individual relationships with animals and with plants and with objects too, right? Like this is a cup, but this is a special cup to me in all of these special ways, right? (laughs) And like the interesting thing, right? It's like this attachment that we build to things, but then this detachment that we also have the ability to have. Mm-hmm. which I don't really know. That's a whole thing, and I don't know where to go with that. That but is a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Food for thought. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, yes, that is just a cup, if you really think about mm-hmm. it. And I'm just a human, if you really think about it. But what Absolutely. makes me me, right? Yeah, totally. What makes that cup that special it's, it cup? Special and it's essence. fun to do that. I remember That's being... why we have an ego. Like, it's okay to have an ego. Totally. It's just, like, part of existing. Again, just part of being human. And... It's not something to get rid of. I think sometimes, like, in the spiritual community, it can be like, oh, you gotta, you know, clear out your ego and da-da-da and da-da-da. It's like, no, like, Mm -hmm. we came here to attach. We came here to experience. We came here to be flawed (laughs) in a lot of ways. Like, And you know what? I think we we did clear our egos and, and maybe we, like, honestly, who knows what the hell is going on anyways. But then we come back to the ego again, but with a more loving mind, like it's more nurturing. It's like, yeah, yeah. totally. And like, it's play, right? Like I love the analogy of consciousness being an actual play and you're just playing out a story. Mm. And when you think about that, it just makes everything (laughs) 
a little lighter. I remember I was grieving something really, really intense and heavy, and I was sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And I was, I remember feeling my guides all around me, and I was letting them hold me, and I was letting myself have this experience. And at one point, I was like, like, I, okay, why the fuck did I sign up for a lifetime where this thing would happen? Right. And my guides were like, oh, it's just a play. And they showed me it as if I was, wa- like, the experience as if I was watching a play. And I just, like, laughed and, like, kind of rolled my eyes. And I was just like, mm-hmm. right, yeah, true. Like, it's like in that moment, right. like, you don't have to fully accept Like, you can still be in it even when you know right. it's true. You know what I mean? So I still allowed myself to grieve, but I also allowed myself to be like, right, it's just a story. And the- and that's actually kind of cool. It's like, cool, I get to experience this story. That's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, or not, but like... <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> it, it's not bypassing in a way, but it is like integration, like complete yeah. integration. And you can be like angry and like everything you said, like it's okay to process it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. one thing to like let it stop life completely. And yeah. then another to like, like you said, process it and integrate it and work with it. Totally. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And it is interesting, like the things that we carry around with us, like before when we were talking about the cup, it reminded me of, I did a yoni steam with yarrow years ago. And for anyone that doesn't know, a yoni steam is where you basically, you boil herbs in like a pot or whatever, and you let the steam come up and into your yoni. And Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful and healing experience that I've done many times and I love doing whenever I feel Mm -hmm. called. And I had done this in particular with yarrow my plant ally when i was trying to get to know her and i remember doing this and i looked around the room and all of a sudden i could like zoom into every item in my room and it's like i could see the whole story of that item and my entire relationship with that item and it made me realize how many things i was carrying around that i didn't have like a positive experience with or that i didn't have a positive Mm. perception of and it was like i was like holding on to them because of like utility or because of like some other form of attachment and I I don't know I just I I saw and there were other things that had these beautiful I had these beautiful relationships with and it felt like a beautiful experience and I could just see the depth of each of those relationships and I think sometimes we forget that we can have that that depth of connection with items Mm -hmm. and to be mindful of the things you keep around you and if you're you know if you happen to buy a lot of things you know you like fast fashion or things like that it's like Hmm. hmm, what does this tell you? Like, what is this relationship that you have with objects reflecting about yourself? Just like yeah. I was hanging on to a lot of things that weren't healthy for me and didn't make me happy. And I was hanging on to them out of feelings of lack and not being able to, yeah, not having the resources to replace them. And slowly I allowed myself to release those over time. And it felt so metaphorical of the other things I was releasing in my life and the other attachments I was having to like unhealthy mm. people and like toxic patterns and things like that. And it's like just all these reflections everywhere we look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. That's so true. Yeah. It's so true. So, and the more you look at it, the, the deeper it gets. And like, <laughs> it's all about just questioning our choices. If you want to, if you don't want to, it's fine. You know, some people are just not ready to, yeah. to do that work. And maybe in this lifetime, they're just not gonna... And also, um, like, sometimes you just don't want to right now. Like, 
you and yeah. I, right? Like sometimes we get together and we're like, we need to stop. <laughs> we do, yeah. <laughs> and it's because you can do something too much. And I <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and I think sometimes we tend to do that. Like sometimes, like I've been giving myself so much permission lately to not psychoanalyze and to just mm-hmm. be present and mm-hmm. to trust that all of these things will just work themselves out even without my mind unraveling them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I was talking about this the other day with someone, but this idea of like, I do these 10 minute meditations where I just lie down and I don't put any music. I just set a 10 mm-hmm. minute timer. I don't think about anything. I don't go into it trying to solve anything. I just go into it with the intention of like being. And mm-hmm. in that 10 minutes of like stopping completely and allowing myself to be all of the, I can just feel all these knots just unravel and I'm doing nothing. And they just they just do. And it's so bizarre for my cognitive mind to understand because I can unravel those knots with all of my tools in my tool belt. And I know exactly how to do this and exactly how to do that. But if I actually just stop and sink into stillness and come into presence, I naturally return to my essence because Mm. I'm not attached to the past. I'm not attached to the future. So I just start to unravel anyways into myself. So we don't even really have to work at it. We just have to create space for ourselves to just be. And things will naturally flow. And they already always are, if you think yeah. about it. Yeah. Like our body is like amazing. If you th- Yes, like our digestive system is working. But if you think about it, our body like functions on its own without us doing anything. Yeah. And I wonder, like I don't know enough, but if, if illness like is a result of us somehow, somehow intervening with that process. Yeah, and disrupting it. I love that perspective because when you think about illness, I I usually t- take it back to stress, right? And like stress is oh, yeah. the root of most of our sicknesses, mental, physical, and spiritual. And it's that stress on the body that interferes with our natural functions. Like I remember when I got diagnosed with adrenal fatigue, and it was like I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, I, like I couldn't keep anything down. I was constantly nauseous. I couldn't breathe properly. I couldn't like walk up a mm. flight of stairs. Like I was so unwell, and it was be- it was because I like was ha- I constantly had cortisol just shooting through my body, through shooting through mm-hmm. my body, and mm-hmm. it's because I was stressed. I was so 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 stressed. And as I, and of course, like there's so many things that make us stressed, right? Which is like our, our exactly. trauma or things that are happening in our current life that are like really intense and horrific or whatever. There's a million things, our belief systems. So there's no shame in that. Like that's just a part of the process. But if we could really eliminate all stress, yeah, why? Like our body just knows exactly what to do. We just need to get totally. out. Totally. I like what you said there about like, you know what? Sometimes life does present itself to us where circum- like stressful circumstances do exist. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, like it's so important to actually like be like, wow, I'm so friggin' stressed right now instead mm-hmm. of like just suppressing it. And yeah. I think that's what helps us to actually deal with it in the long term. So true. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. That's so true. I'm having like visuals to different times in my life when I've been really ill. And mm-hmm. I would just like lie down and try to meditate because I'd be like so stressed about how I need to stop stressing because I knew that yeah, stress that's the was making me sick, but I couldn't stop <laughs> stressing I because I was trying to stop it without even looking at it. I needed to look mm-hmm. at it. I needed to be mm-hmm. there. I needed to allow it to exist so that mm-hmm. it would naturally dissipate on its own. I think we have mm-hmm. a fear that if we don't, like, if we look at these things, that we're just going to, like, they're fully going to embody us and we're just going to become it and we're going to die. 
But it's like, no, we're not going to die. Or the part of us that is attached to it might die and we'll be reborn to something new. But it's, it's interesting the resistance we have to holding space for those energies. Just like the corn maze, if you think about it. <laughs> that car incident, this. that was stressful. We were like, do we call BCA? Is it safe yeah. to drive home with the hazards? <laughs> like, is it safe to drive? Like, is it safe? And I could, t- I could tell I prevented a massive migraine by, you know, that meditation we did. And, mm-hmm. and also like acknowledging like, wow, this is a really annoying and stressful situation. Mm-hmm. And once we acknowledged that, we actually made jokes out of it the whole yeah, time. Totally. We were laughing, we were having a party and we knew how stressful it was. Yeah. But we, and, but we didn't suppress it. We actually yeah. like acknowledged it. Allow and I it think, and like, you know, we, were, we moved on. No exactly. migraine, no headache. Like, you know? Yeah. No, that's we just so not true. dealt with it. And yes, it is a more lighthearted situation. I like, I get that. And sometimes heavy things come up, right? And that's where you might want to look mm-hmm. into like, finding a good therapist or like coping skills or something. Totally. And, and those lighthearted situations are the perfect situations though, right? Cause they're the perfect mm-hmm. places to practice these things and to practice mm-hmm. like, you know, if you can't be calm in a more minor situation, it'll be even more challenging in the more intense situations. And the more that in those small ways I can maintain that practice of stillness and of presence and of like trust you know, and faith mm-hmm. in the divine and in the earth and in myself, the more I can do that, the bigger, the it's like the more space I can hold. Like it just, mm-hmm. it makes it easier to just like hold bigger and bigger things. I like that. Yeah. It's practice. Yeah. And it's like a day-to-day practice, right? Cause you don't want to be like, oh wow, if something big happens in it, but, but, but it, but it is true. Cause it does help us to just kind of build resiliency in a way mm-hmm. yeah self-trust yeah I love it yeah and it's interesting too because I'm kind of thinking about myself because when I'm in survival mode I've always been really good at handling survival mode like whenever something traumatic like really traumatic has happened like mm-hmm. when like your adrenal glands are triggered and you feel that switch into fight or flight I've always handled those situations so freaking well and I think it's because of growing up in a really high stress environment. So I was really comfortable in that kind of place. So it didn't make me like kind of freeze up. But, um, but then at the same time, I would be really good in those situations, but in my day-to-day life, I could not like the most minor of things would stress me out so intensely, Mm. which is like an interesting thought. And I mean, I feel like I understand it as, yeah, in my childhood, the most minor of things were were considered to be catastrophic in my household. So even though it was minor to everybody else, it was as catastrophic as having a man die in my arms, <laughs> which is oh bizarre to say, but genuinely, like that was this. I had the exact same response to having a man die in my arms as I did to, you know, somebody raising like, their voice. A dishwasher me. not working. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah, absolutely. Like. Because it, it because of the experiences in childhood and how they were, t- I guess, handled. But as you heal that, like now I don't get stressed in those minor situations. And in more traumatic situations, I feel like I can still hold the same amount of space. But there's a difference between being able to in like have that instant trauma response of 
you know, taking action when there's a crisis and mm-hmm. being able to actually hold the bigness of that emotion in mm-hmm. that moment, like in those trauma responses where I was handling the situations exactly as I quote unquote should have, I wasn't processing anything. I was completely numb and dead. And it took right. days or years for me to actually process what had happened in yeah. those moments. Whereas now, I feel like with all the work that I've done and that I continue to do, I'm able to, I'm able to process stuff faster and hold bigger pains and move through them more easily. If that makes sense, I don't know if any of that makes sense. I mean, we've been moving through COVID <laughs> for a while now. Just cruising through, no biggie. Just cruising through a pandemic, no big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, is there any final things that you feel that any final thing to anything we want to say to the listeners? Mm, yeah. Great job humaning and listening to a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what a very, I'd say it's a kind of human thing to do because this is a little bit of a woo podcast. <laughs> yeah. But it's also okay to be woo. It's still human. It's amazing to be woo. <laughs> because we're doing it in the human experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <gasps> Yay. If anyone Even wants if you're, if, what's that? You go, you go. I was just thinking, like, if there, a listener could be, I don't know, driving, walking, doing chores, whatever, <laughs> whatever yeah. you're doing, just like, you know, play with your world a little bit. You're probably already doing that anyway, so I don't even need to say it. I just got that message intuitively. I'm like, you're, they're already doing that. I love just, that. You don't need to tell people what to do. <laughs> just go do you. <laughs> you're doing great. Yeah, and like, give yourself permission <laughs> to do that. You're listening to Brienne. That's awesome itself. Keep doing that. (laughs) (laughs) You're so sweet. Yeah. And like, I love the idea of like giving permission to like be and do whatever you want, you know, like giving yourself permission to stop buzzing through all the thoughts in your head and just like be present Mm -hmm. with this onion that you're cutting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or like, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe you're cutting a carrot. Maybe maybe it's a cucumber. Oh, maybe. <laughs> oh my god. Maybe they're making stir fry. Well, that sounds good. That does sound good. Yeah, I might cook after this. I'm kind of hungry. I have food mm. in the fridge. I'm gonna have soup. Soup, soup. Ooh, nice. I made. I think I have some noodles. Mm, that nice. sounds nice too. I'm gonna have some good food. I hope you listeners are also having some good food out there in your wild wild yeah, world. Yeah, I really hope so too. I saw a meme. Um, about Squid Game, and I just oh, yeah. started watching Squid Game. I've you only, did? Yeah, I've just only watched like two or three episodes. Oh, yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. Okay, you have. Okay. Yeah, I binged it in two days, and I gave myself some <laughs> nightmares, but then I got over it. <laughs> I'm gonna take it slow. It's yeah, pretty gory. I don't know. <laughs> it, it is. It is. I had some scary naps, but whatever. It's fine. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's okay. So that's I where detaching and numbing is okay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Or maybe when you don't need to, you know, be watching. Yeah, I don't need to so analyze if you, why. If you need to numb detach to watch something, maybe you shouldn't be watching it. <laughs> the storyline is too damn good. <laughs> oh my god. Oh no, <laughs> no I get we that. could go when on I another watched, tangent. Yeah, no, when what? I watched the first episode, I was like, really... Oh my god, I was so stressed out. <laughs> I was like, this is making me so upset. But... Um, and so I took a breather and I did something else with my life. And then I came back and watched the next episode and I was like, okay, nice. okay, 
I can handle this. I can do this. Because I want, yeah, because it's good and I like it, but it is funny how I get way too invested in film. Like, I literally, when I'm watching it, it's as if I'm living that experience. Like, I just, I need to put up better boundaries when I'm watching TV shows. But, um, yeah, yeah, right. But I saw a meme. (laughs) 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 This is before I watched Squid Game, but I've seen enough memes about Squid Game that to like get the gist of Squid Game. But, yeah. Um, it was just like the main character, or at least the main character so far. I'm, I don't know if he stays the main character. I assume so. Um, and he was just like, it was like his face. He looked freaked out or whatever. And it was like the next Squid Game is to not mention that it gets dark so early for the rest of winter. Because, okay, basically this came to my mind because I was about to mention, oh my god, it's six o'clock and it's pitch black outside. <laughs> Oh. And then I saw this meme in my head because it was like, oh, I saying what you that mean, like right? I was like, I don't think that's a game. No, no, but it's you're not. Talking about like, a meme. You lose the game if you mention that it's dark outside. It gets dark out I early, see. and I'm like, right. yeah, everybody would lose that fucking game because everybody everywhere all past few weeks has just been like, oh wow, I can't believe it's dark already. <laughs> and we do that every year. Like we do that but every year. But it's so year. dark and I hate it. I'm, I mean, I, it's it fine because the summers are bright for really long and I love that. So I just need to be at That's true. It. But man, yeah, that's it all. Just is. <laughs> <laughs> what helped me watch Squid Games was actually like all those memes to just like lighten it a little bit and yeah. just like, yeah. And then I didn't take it so seriously. And I was like, just, just, it's just fiction or nonfiction. So I forget what how that works. <laughs> fiction, I think. It's fiction. It's fiction. It's fake? fake. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um. Yeah. That, like yeah. you said, boundaries. I just like it's just a movie or it's just a show. You know it's what? Life. The reason I was able to make it past episode one and move into episode two was when, or I don't know if this happened in episode two or episode one, but like the reason I continued on the Squid Game is the part where. Like at the beginning when they get taken into this place and like it's the red light, green light and they're going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it kind of was very similar to like Hunger Games, I feel like, where they're being mm-hmm. forced to do this thing. But when at the end it came down to it where they weren't forced anymore <laughs> and yeah. they could choose to leave at any time and they collectively chose to leave, but just barely. And then they choose mm-hmm. to go back. And then mm-hmm. I think that made me better able to digest it and where I'm like okay Mm. I can watch a series because as excruciating as it is probably going to be to watch these people all go back and to do this anyways for all these reasons it's like it's a yeah it's funny it's really just this very similar um energetic to um yeah processing through any freaking belief that anybody has that keeps them going back to something that they need to quit it's so challenging and it's so difficult even Mm. when it's life or death it's so wow. difficult to leave those circumstances. And and you're the only one that can do it. You have to exercise your free will to unravel that cycle, whether it was passed on to you or you kind of like came into it on your own, whatever the pattern or belief is. It's like, no, it just comes down to you. And if you're going to choose to continue. And I don't really dude. know because I've only seen like two episodes, so who knows how it goes. But no, dude, that was deep. That was like deep. 
like we're all just functioning through our own beliefs and patterns and you you literally can like you said like you cannot you can bring the horse to the water or whatever but you yeah. can't make it drink it like you, you some you just don't even want to change your patterns sometimes like mm-hmm. then people are stuck in toxic abuse cycles and and they don't even know any better or they know any better and they choose to stay there and you you just have to not make that because i know sometimes there's this natural way to be like oh my god but if i was better i could save that person mm-hmm. can't or maybe mm-hmm. that's a belief that i have <laughs> i don't know but i but i don't think it's humanly like you can't take it personally anymore it just feels like all you can do is help yourself totally and be yourself and through that you naturally help other people be themselves because when you are able to fully stand in who you are, it gives everybody around you permission to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it is, but it is, it's such a funny, you know, I think a lot of times with like overcoming like toxic patterns and habits and cycles, I think it can feel so daunting and so challenging. And mm-hmm. it's so important to remember that these things aren't linear, you know, mm-hmm. like I remember when I was healing from my eating disorder, I would relapse, recover, relapse, recover, relapse, recover, like hundreds of fucking times. Oh my God. Mm. And every time I relapsed, like there would be, yeah, like there'd be guilt and shame and all of these things. But as that went on over time, I started to realize, oh wow, the recovery stages are lasting longer and the relapses are further apart. And then slowly Mm -hmm. that would keep happening until like, it was like, you know, maybe a year, or a, like I could be recovered for a year before I relapsed. And then when I relapsed the relapse, I, like, see, I got yeah. out of it so much fucking quicker because I, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, uh, yeah, we can't view this as a linear thing whenever we're healing anything. It's like, if you are processing through something and, and of course there's like, it sucks because a lot of these sicknesses, whatever they are, whether it's like returning to an abusive partner or returning to a substance or returning to starving yourself or cutting yourself or whatever your mechanism of self-harm is, returning to those states is absolutely dangerous. You know, mm-hmm. it can it can kill you. Mm-hmm. And you have to give yourself permission to not feel guilty, to not feel shamed, to recognize that this is something that, you know, was probably passed to you in a certain way and you're mm-hmm. choosing to heal it and that's massive and you mm-hmm. will heal it if you keep choosing to and you don't have mm-hmm. to choose to every day. You can like, it's like with sometimes not making myself a healthy meal, it's like choosing mm-hmm. to go and buy a bag of chips and eat that for dinner is <laughs> fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's not the most healthy choice. It's not going to like build strong muscles and whatever, but... <laughs> But yeah. if I guilt myself about that, I'm more mm-hmm. likely to spin in a circle with this. So it's yeah. like, how would I let myself have these chips? I let myself feel how I feel after I eat those chips, minus the shame and guilt, just genuinely what it feels like to eat chips for dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and like, then carry on with my life because it's guaranteed I'll do that less often because I didn't feel guilty or shamed. I just felt kind of yucky because I ate chips for dinner. And so it's less of a... There's not all these stories yeah. about all these things, right? Exactly. It's like, oh, I just had chips for dinner tonight. Meh. Yeah, Maybe it's cool. not the best, but whatever. Totally. I had chips for dinner, and it yeah. tasted fine. And it tasted <laughs> so great, okay. and I enjoyed it, and now I'm going to bed early because I feel like trash. 
<laughs> exactly. And that's exactly, well, you know what you said? It's it's about being, that's literally presence. Like you're practicing. That's like what they say in mindfulness or even in like Buddhist traditions, right? It's the mm-hmm. same thing, but it's different words. Yeah. It's like yeah. I'm not associating all these stories behind it. It's it's Definitely. just, it's fact-based. Yeah. Yeah. And then you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, you know what I'm craving? An apple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And or a big glass of cold water. It just all yeah. balances out. We're just constantly, if we allow ourselves, I love it. It's what you spoke to earlier, I think, with the body. It's like our body knows exactly what to do to balance itself out. It's our thoughts, mm-hmm. our stories, our beliefs that get in the way of our body taking care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's okay if, if you don't even know what those thoughts and beliefs that are getting in the way are. That's where, like, you have to seek out resources to mm-hmm. learn, right? Yeah. How, like, I learned. And I probably am still doing patterns that are not the best for me. Oh, absolutely. But it's fine. But like, you're not for the rest of your life. That's exactly experience. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a human experience. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of this podcast, uh, this episode. That's the it. Human experience. The human experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what human things are you going to do? Oh, yes. We talked about yes. this. Eat. I'm going to eat, but I might run to the store. So I might eat, run to the store, drink water, and edit. Love it. I have to edit because... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when do you release? Tomorrow morning. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. You better get going. I know. Because <laughs> we could talk for ages. <laughs> I know. I really love this last minute. I've been going through stuff in life, but... um. So this is an impromptu episode, but I'm so stoked, stoked, stoked that it exists. It's really, really fun. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. What kind of human things are you going to do? I'm going to wash my hair because <laughs> nice. I need to do that. Yeah. And eat. And then I, I, I need to stretch. So I'm going to do that mm, later tonight. That yeah. sounds nice. I need to stretch. Play with my bird. Just like a normal Sunday evening. I love nice that. and easy. Beautiful. Yay. Thank you so much for being on this podcast again. This was such a fun chat. I'm so glad that you're here. And I'm sure we'll do another one another day. Do you want to tell the audience where they can connect with you? Sure. Yeah, you can connect me on my Instagram. I'm sure Brianne's going to leave that info there mm-hmm. in the show notes. Yeah, that's what it's called, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. uh, Instagram or, or email, whatever feels aligned to you. And yeah, it's always just so nice to be here and chat, sending lots of good energy to everyone listening. Mm, yay. Yes. You chose a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to keep plugging you in. <laughs> plugging me on my own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yay, I love you so much. desperate.